Good evening, everyone. The June 14th, 2023 meeting of the Arlington County Board of Zoning Appeals is now in session. Good evening and welcome to the monthly meeting of the Arlington Board of Zoning Appeals, known as the BZA. I'm Richard Kaplan, Chair of the Board. The Board is made up of five citizens appointed by the Circuit Court. In addition to myself, we have Vice Chair Intimalis, Judy Freshman, Portia Clark, and absent tonight is Lindsay Arthurs. Also present is the professional staff, including Blake Bowen, Board of Zoning Appeals Coordinator, Meg Ryan, BZA Associate Planner, Brett Goldberg, BZA Associate Planner. We thank you for being here and extend a warm welcome. To avoid disruptions, we ask that you please turn your cell phones or pagers off or put them in silent mode. I do that. Before we begin tonight's meeting hearing, I will discuss the board's powers and the procedures for tonight's hearing. The board's powers are prescribed in the Code of Virginia and are set out, set out in further detail in the county's zoning ordinance adopted by the county board. The Board of Zoning Appeals does not have the power to rezone property or to amend the regulations set forth in the ordinance. That authority rests solely with the county board. This board does have the authority to do three things. First, the BZA can approve use permits that allow modifications of placement requirements for structures on one and two family lots where there is no option in the zoning ordinance to allow such modifications. In order to approve a use permit, the law requires that this board find that the proposal's use permit will not adversely affect the health or safety of persons residing in the neighborhood, will not be detrimental to the public welfare or injurious to property or improvements in the neighborhood, and will not be in conflict with the purposes of the master plans and land use zoning related policies of the county. In making these findings, the BZA shall consider whether the modifications will promote compatibility of the development with the surrounding neighborhood because the structure's overall size, footprint, size, and placement are similar to those of the structures on the properties surrounding the lot in question, and whether the modification will help preserve natural landform, historical features, and or significant trees and foliage. Foliage, sorry. <laughs> when approving use permits, the Board of Zoning Appeals may impose conditions that it deems necessary in the public interest, including but not limited to the duration of the use permit. Second, the BZA can grant variances from specific requirements of the zoning ordinance. When granting variances, the burden of proof is on the applicant to prove by a preponderance of the evidence that it meets the following criteria. That the strict application of the ordinance would unreasonably restrict the utilization of the property or the granting of the variance would alleviate a hardship due to a physical condition relating to the property or improvements thereon and the property for which the variance is being requested was acquired in good faith and any hardship was not created by the applicant. Second, that the variance granted will not be of substantial detriment to adjacent property and nearby properties in the proximity of the geographic area. That the condition or situation of the property concerned is not so general or reoccurring in nature as to make reasonably practical the adoption of an amendment to the ordinance. That granting of the variance will not result in a use that is not otherwise permitted on the property or change the zoning classification of the property. administrator, the board must use its judgment to determine if the administrator was correct. Now on to tonight's hybrid hearing. 
For those who are participating in person on the front table, you will find a QR code linking to a copy of the application package, including the staff report for each case before us this evening. For those participating virtually, a copy of that application package can be found on the Arlington County BZA website. There is also a link in the chat for the application packages. I recommend that if you have not yet seen the report for your case, that you review that report before your case is called. If you are attending virtually and lose connectivity, please reconnect with us by phone. If you are attending via Teams, please keep yourself muted and cameras off until called upon. Turn off the sound on any other devices around you to minimize interference. When called upon to speak, please turn your camera on and unmute yourself by clicking the microphone icon. That is located in the meeting command bar. County staff does not have the ability to unmute you. The meeting chat is active for technical support assistance only. The meeting chat should not be used for discussion, public comments, questions about agenda items, or requests for more information. All public comments must be shared verbally or have been previously provided in writing for the record during the assigned public testimony period. This evening, staff will call each case and will provide a brief staff report and recommendation. Next, board members will ask any questions of staff they may have. Applicants or their representative will be given an opportunity to make comments to support the application or appeal. Next, all, speaker, all speakers for an item will be called. Speakers must fill out a speaker slip online or is available on the table in front of the on the table in the front of the room. After we hear from speakers for or against the proposal, the board may permit the applicant a brief opportunity to clarify any points. The board may ask questions of any speakers, but does not permit any cross-examination or direct questioning by others. For tonight's hearing, this board has deemed the following time limits for speakers to be sufficient. 20 minutes for applicants of appeals, five minutes for applicants of use permits and variances. We have deemed three minutes for representatives of organizations and two minutes for individuals as sufficient. After the board has gathered all information we need and have discussed the case, we will decide the matter by voting on a motion duly made and seconded. A majority is needed to approve any motion. Public comments will take place only within the allotted timeframes. During public comments, a speaker timer will be displayed on the screen and speaker podium. Please be respectful of the time allotted. This is a public forum and tonight's, hear tonight's hearing will be recorded and posted on the county's website. All information associated with tonight's meeting, whether spoken or written, is subject to the Freedom of Information Act requirements. Any appeal from the decision of this board must be made to the circuit court in accordance with state law. After your case of interest is heard, you are welcome to stay for the balance of the session or leave at your convenience. We promise not to hold leaving early against you. Again, thank you for being here this evening. Uh, sorry. Quick question for staff. Mr. Bowen, my understanding is that there are no um, outstanding appeals or appeals that have been filed. Is that still the case? Yes, that is correct. Thank you. Um, lastly, before we get started, uh, I believe that we have a couple of items on the consent agenda for tonight. For the public's benefit, the consent agenda is used by this board to quickly decide on agenda items that are complete and non-controversial. An item can be removed from the consent agenda at any time by a board member or will be removed from the consent agenda if a member of the public desires to comment uh, on the case either for or against. Mr. Bowen, can you please call the consent agenda which consists of case V-11842-22-UP-1? 
and v-11843-23-up-1. Dash 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 yes, Mr. Kaplan, I will now read the case language for each of those two cases. The first group in the group motion for approval from the BZA is case number V-11842-22-UP-1, a use permit request by Gerard Perez on behalf of Douglas McNamara and Mary Nell Wilson, the owners, to permit a rear setback of 16.8 feet to the wall, 15.7 feet to the eave, instead of 25 feet to the wall, 21 feet to the eave as required, and to permit a rear setback of 17.7 feet to the deck instead of 21 feet to the deck as required, regarding an enclosed porch addition and deck to an existing one-family dwelling in the R6 zoning district on the premises known as 4304 4th Street South within the Barcroft Civic Association. The second case in the group motion of approval is case number V-11843-23-UP-1. This is a use permit request by Kevin Shore on behalf of Mitchell Opalski, the owner, to remit a left side setback of 5.9 feet to the porch instead of 8 feet to the porch as required regarding a new screen porch to an existing one-family dwelling in the R5 zoning district on the premises known as 3129 12th Street South within the Douglas Park Civic Association. The staff recommendation for both of these cases was to approve the request subjects to the conditions listed in the staff reports. Mr. Bowen, are, is there any supplemental material for these items? Um, I do not believe we have supplemental material for either of these items, no. Board members have any comments? Mr. Chairman? Yes. I want to disclose that I am acquainted with the applicant, Mitchell Polsky, in case ending 843-23, but I can uh, rule on this case um, fairly. Thank you, Ms. Mellis. Any other further questions or comments from the board? Are there any speakers for these two items, virtually or in person? Are there, are there any motions? Ms. Clark. I move that we um, move the two items as read to the consent agenda and we um, take action on those to approve them. Seconded by Ms. Freshman. On a motion made by uh, Ms. Clark and seconded by Ms. Um, Freshman to approve the consent agenda, I will call the roll. Ms. Malice. Aye. Ms. Freshman. Aye. Ms. Clark. Aye. Chair votes aye. The motion to grant the application, the two applications on the consent agenda pass four to zero. This concludes the matter. Mr. Bowen, can you please call the first case on the normal agenda? Yes, Mr. Kaplan, the first case on the non-consent agenda is case number V-11832-23-UP-1. This is a carryover request, which was revised since it was last heard by the BZA at the April hearing. It's a use permit request by John M. Ingle III, the owner, to remit a rear setback of 10 feet to the retaining wall and above-ground pool instead of 25 feet as required regarding a new one-family dwelling and above-ground pool in the R10 zoning district on the premises known as 4425 33rd Road North within the Golf Branch Civic Association. Staff recommends that the board adopt the attached proposed resolution granting the use permit request with conditions. Please note that, that we did receive supplemental material for this case, which includes two emails from the applicant and as well as attachments. And then we also have additional speakers who have signed up to speak on this case, uh, two individuals uh, residing behind the subject property. Mr. Bowen, can you describe the length of the um, supplemental that has been received? Yes, the supplemental materials are received uh, total for this case of about, I believe, 152 pages. Thank you. Mm -hmm. um, are the applicants with us? 
Um, I think that it is a fair assessment that this board has not had a chance to adequately review the 150 some pages of supplemental material that we received today. that we received today at about noon. That being the case, do you have any any thoughts on how to proceed tonight? Would you like to proceed or would you like to seek a deferral? Has has your um, have the uh, I assume you're familiar with the speakers who have signed up. Have they been provided that material and had an adequate time to digest it? Mr. Chair, yes, could Ms. you Preston. please ask them to step to the microphone because none of their none of this dialogue is being Thank you, Ms. Freshman. recorded. So for, for the record, um, I think it's a fair assessment that this board has not reviewed the um, substantial supplemental material. And um, I think we want to afford you the choice to decide if you want to proceed with that understanding um, or seek a deferral. And I want to also make sure that, that um, the people you've been in communication with about this plan has had an adequate time to review that material. I'm going to um, ask my colleagues um, how they feel Just or if they have any questions on this one issue. Uh, on, the, on the supplemental material, when when did you pass it along to staff? Could you raise the the podium? We can't hear you. Oh, there's a raise. Yeah. There's a there's a button. That there's a button. You can, you can raise side. it so that you're actually speaking into the mic. Thank you. <laughs> there you go. And identify yourself. It doesn't sound like is the mic on. Mm -mm. See, I, I can hear just in fine because if I'm right in front of them. OK, try that. Is this better? Yeah, you can raise it a little bit more even if it goes up. Um, so we provided the engineering reports to staff. If I recall correctly, I don't have the email in front of me. Uh, sometime last week after the application materials had already been posted. Um, and unfortunately, when we when we did, it was past the time when the application materials, I don't remember if it was the day after or the following day, the application materials had already been distributed to the board. Um, as you might anticipate, those structural engineering reports took a long time to produce. Um, and it took us several days, actually over the weekend, um, to review them and analyze them and prepare 
our summary document, the two and a half pages that we submitted uh, to uh, summarize those. And that, that's why the timing was. Mr. Chairman? Yes, Ms. Mellis. So it's my view that we could proceed and that I'd be interested to hear, you know, from all parties. But if it seems that the engineering material is critical to our decision, then we might choose to defer this matter. But if, if it appears that we can resolve this without having read it ourselves, then, then maybe we can go forward tonight. Any other comment? Is there, is, uh, is there any, anyone else comfortable going forward or not going forward? That's with the caveat that it, it, if it if we find that it is relevant that we read it that. Ms. Freshman. Can you answer the question of whether or not the same level of information has been given to the surrounding neighbors? Um, we, we gave it to the neighbors in the rear who have asked about the and had the engineering issues uh, at the last hearing. Um, we didn't sh share it with the other neighbors because um, Honestly, none of them had any issue with the pool in the first place. I mean, I think for myself, I think I'm comfortable moving forward. I'm a little um, nervous that that um, this the material hasn't been posted, you know, in in online for a period of time. But um, I think we'll hear from the applicant, and and my sense is that the the um, the report supports the proposal, and if the surrounding neighbors um, who have not read it support the proposal, then I think that those jive. So I'm comfortable moving forward. If yeah, okay. Does the board now that I skipped? Does the board have any comments or questions for staff on this item? Applicant, welcome. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Would you Chairman. like to make your statement? Thank you, Mr. Chairman. My name is John Engel. I'm the applicant. My wife, Ioana Hushiata, is not able to be here tonight because she's overseas with her elder mother. Um, I am tonight, however, accompanied by our site engineer, Rob Albimuna, and our builder, Panikos Michael. And at the outset, I want to thank the BZA members for your consideration and feedback. We're off to a great start tonight. Uh, we apologize, Pinks. Can you hear me? Yes. Wonderful. No worries. Um, so at the outset, I uh, would like to thank the BZA members for your consideration and feedback at the April 11th meeting uh, hearing. And I especially want to thank our adjacent neighbors to the rear, Jamie Jillen and Jason Veach, who are here tonight for their neighborly and constructive dialogues. We redesigned and relocated our proposed above ground pool. 
Uh, next slide, please, if I could have the second slide. Thank you. Uh, this is the roadmap or agenda for my brief presentation tonight, all of which is linked to the various submissions we have made following the April 11th hearing. One item I would note is the appendix backup slides, which are copies of the exhibits accompanying our May 26th submission, which we've included here because the uploaded formatting of several of those exhibits appeared uh, inel illegible. If I could have the next slide, please. So following the April 11th hearing, um, my wife and I spent considerable time working to address the BZA's feedback and the testimony of our neighbors at the hearing in order to. It went out again. Oh, in order to undertake a comprehensive reevaluation of all possible alternatives to the original pool design. Uh, we then worked with our team to redesign the pool, reduce its size, and move the pool and its retaining wall closer to our house and thus farther from the rear property line and from our neighbor's home. As noted here on the slide, uh, the redesigned pool is 67.8% exposed above grade and thus con is considered an above ground pool. Uh, in parallel, as I mentioned, uh, based on our discussions at the April 11th hearing, we engaged an engineering team, including a geotechnical engineer and a structural engineer uh, who analyzed our uh, soil and the proposed pool and retaining wall. Next slide, please. Actually, it's this slide. My apologies. Mm -hmm. The redesign of pool. So this slide details the results of our redesign process. We made the pool two feet narrower, so it is now 12 feet wide instead of 14 feet wide. We moved the pool and the retaining wall 2.6 feet closer to our house and 2.6 feet farther away from the rear property line so that the pool is now 11 feet from the rear property line instead of previously 8.4 feet. And the retaining wall is 10 feet from the rear property line instead of 7.4 feet. As a result, the pool and the retaining wall is indicated in the last bullet point, um, I guess on the previous slide, um, are, are at a significant difference from the neighbor's home. The retaining wall is approximately 43 feet and 64 feet from the northeast and northwest rear corner of the neighbor's house. And the pool is approximately 44 feet and 65 feet from the northeast and northwest rear corners of the neighbor's house. Um, we're a little bit ahead. Um, one of the issues discussed at the April 11th hearing was our stormwater management plan. As indicated in the current flow plat on the stormwater management slide, the uh, current flow uh, on our property of stormwater flows with the natural topography and flows onto our adjacent neighbors to the rear property across the northeast half of the rear property line towards their home, as opposed to along the side of their house. To address this, our site engineer developed a comprehensive stormwater management plan that not only meets but exceeds the county's requirements on water quantity controls, water quality controls, and additional flood protection measures and we anticipate that this plan will not only provide improvement, but also some significant relief compared to the existing conditions on the property. The expert engineering assessment, uh, in light of the BZA's discussion at the April 11th hearing, we engaged an engineering team to assess the soil and the structural soundness of the retaining wall and pool based on the results of the field testing and analysis of the soil. The geotechnical engineers concluded that the retaining wall surrounding the pool achieves the requisite factor of safety. Based on the geotechnical engineer's soil assessment, the structural engineer designed a 12-inch or one-foot thick structurally engineered retaining wall for the pool and determined that that retaining wall is structurally engineered to meet the requirements for the proposed rule and retaining wall. The structural engineer's conclusions, um, on the previous slide, 
His original calculations demonstrated that even a six-inch retaining wall would be adequate to meet the requirements for the pool and retaining wall, and that doubling it more than fully um, exceeded those requirements. In that context, he determined that the 12-inch or one-foot retaining wall surrounding it are structurally engineered to avoid structural failures or other potential structural issues for us, our neighbors, or the community. Finally, as mentioned at the outset, we engage in an extensive um, dialogue with our immediately uh, rear-adjacent neighbors, Jamie and Jillian. Um, sorry, Jamie and Jason. Um, this included a lengthy in-person meeting at their home on North Utah Street uh, to review all of our plans before we even submitted them to the BZA. Uh, and during the course of our discussions, we exchanged a total of 17 separate emails between ourselves and our, and our neighbors, and we again thank them for their very neighborly engagement and constructive dialogue. With that, I'd be happy to answer any questions the BZA may have regarding our proposal for our redesigned and relocated above-ground pool. And I would also like to note, Mr. Chairman, that per your feedback at the April 11th hearing, we included in our May 26th submission, the initial one, uh, copies of um, our plans for the house, uh, and those are included here in the backup slides as well, copies um, at slides 35 through 43. With that, thank the BZA members for your consideration of our use permit request. Thank you. And I think the the, um, the the renderings help us decide, you know, see what we're voting on. So thank Absolutely. you very much. Absolutely, Mr. Chairman. Thank you. Are there any questions um, from my colleagues for this applicant? No. Okay. Stand by. Thank you, sir. Mr. Bowen, I believe we have two speakers for this matter. Yes, that is correct. I don't uh, have the list, so I can't call them. We have Jamie Gillum as well as Jason Gillum, who I believe may wish to speak together. Thank you. Come on up. Oh, are, is that the two speakers or is there an additional speaker? Those are the two, yes. Okay, thank you. Welcome. Hi, good evening. Good evening. Uh, we did have a dialogue, a constructive dialogue with Mr. Engel on the night of the 22nd. And at that time, he also uh, confirmed that he would be, and it's also in the paperwork that was available online, that he'd be including a pump to pump any water that comes out up um, to 33rd North Street. Um, that is essential for us as residents below them directly on the hill. Um, <clears throat> We are curious if that pump in uh, all of the other supplemental material, if that's uh, binding once, if the zoning board approve it, approves this uh, to ensure that we have recourse so should the need arise. Um, we've also had in emails regarding insurance. Um, Mr. Angle also supplied the, I think, 109-page soil and structural engineering report, which we reviewed as closely as possible, considering that neither of us are soil uh, experts or engineers, uh, though well-educated. And um, as far as we could tell, they were confirming that it was safe in that particular location. Um, we do appreciate the uh, extended stormwater management um, that he provided, as well as um, the promises of many types of insurances. Um, I believe that's all we have. Ms. Malice. Chairman, I do have some questions for you, but would sure. you prefer your partner speak first? I think he's uh, putting me forward to speak for both of us this evening. <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, you mentioned a pump. 
is is there some place in this in these materials that specifically outlines what you had what you require yeah we just found it a few minutes ago i think it's on page 24 of the materials of that the were supplement. publicly available i'm not sure which materials we can ask the applicant about that as well okay that'll the applicant will probably have a better idea okay but. and it was a pump to the front of their house is that yes okay and that would be up to 33rd street the idea is that if there's a crack or a substantial structural issue that the pool could be drained that way rather than into the ground or um, some sort of catastrophic failure occurring. Okay, and if I understand from your testimony, um, you had said, you mentioned other assurances. Insur insurance. Insurance. Yes, um, I think our most recent email exchange, I had asked about what type of insurance the pool would have because often there are different types of riders or other insurance measures. And I don't have that email in front of me. I'm sure he could provide it for you. Um, that talked about multiple types of insurances, both in the construction process, as well as um, enduring on the house and the pool, as well as I believe an extra policy to cover things, but I'm quoting from memory. And so from your standpoint, is there something that you specifically want included in this decision as far as insurance goes or are you satisfied with sort of his explanation of what's I mean, going to his be? explanation and i understand that at this point it's impossible to have specifics regarding insurance um, but to ensure that you know of course he's covered but as well as any damage done should there be catastrophic or or less than catastrophic okay um, that's important to us Okay. As well as the presence of the pump. Okay. Thank you. Um, and are there any other questions for this applicant? Um, I'm going to, sorry to put you on the spot. Are you, so are you in favor or against this proposal? I mean, that's a complicated question. <laughs> um, if I had my druthers, so to speak, I wouldn't have a above ground pool above my house. Um, but I think that this is in the interest of uh, collaboration. This is probably um, the, the safest we can feel considering that the, the thing is there at all. Thank if you. That helps. That does. Thank you. Yeah. Clarify our position. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Well, I, well, if we have any more questions, well, we'll thank you. Thank you. Any any other um, questions before I call the applicant back up for some questions? Can the applicant join us again, Mr. Engel? Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Um, happy, happy to address your question uh, if you'd like, uh, first off. Um, so in our initial submission, which was in the application materials that were posted um, before the supplemental materials, uh, as we had discussed with uh, Jamie and Jason the night we met with them on May 22nd, we included a commitment that rather than any discharge from the pool occurring in our backyard, that will not occur. We will instead, we have committed to them and we commit to the BZA and we uh, accept however you wish to address that commitment, um, that we will pump any discharge, whether it's the standard small discharge for winterization or 
in the event of a catastrophic event where we need to empty the pool for repairs, any discharge will be pumped up the hill. It will not be discharged into our backyard and uh, therefore will avoid any possibility of that discharge flowing into their property. Um, and that, that, is in our, that is in our May uh, 26th submission. I'm, I'm looking at it online. Um, I, I can't find that specific reference, but it is in our it is in our May 26 in our um, write up of our May 26 submission um, to to the BZA. Um, and on the insurance, um, obviously we can't get an insurance policy in place for a house and a pool that are not built, but we have committed to them and commit to you. Uh, and can provide, I, I think the email we sent to them is in the supplemental materials that were posted for tonight, uh, yesterday. Um, we've committed to them to both have full coverage on the house and all of its other structures, which is a standard insurance term, as well as comprehensive liability uh, insurance, as well as an umbrella policy uh, to ensure that they're covered and we're covered and any other neighbor uh, that surrounds us is covered in the event of any event, either during the construction process or following completion and uh, certificate of occupancy. Um, have have you run this pump plan by the county at all? Because I imagine they're going to have something to say about pumping plans of pool water. Yeah, so um, the county has... I don't want to require something that then will cause you, you know, trouble, and then you're coming back here. Understood. Um, so the county has very detailed requirements on how water is discharged from a pool. Um, we've cited those in our original submissions. I think we may have cited them in this one as well. Um, we have not discussed the pumping plans. But we know that the pumping plans have to be a part of the permitting, the, the full permitting process when we submit our blueprints and everything. But we've not had a conversation with them um, about our commitment to do so. Um, but don't have no problem making that commitment here, having that commitment memorialized and going to the county and ensuring that that commitment is fulfilled. Mr. Chairman. Ms. Malice. So on these two issues, insurance and the pump, the insurance, I don't think is something that we would condition. I think that's a private matter that you know you and your neighbor come to an agreement on the actual discharge of water is something we could condition we would be looking for some way to you know some language to incorporate as a condition that all water be pumped and and i guess this is a question for staff is it sufficient that the conditions simply say that all water will be pumped up to 33rd Street? From our perspective, it's not a zone use or land use matter. So I would feel kind of out of sorts advising on how that condition should be written. It's probably a requirement overseen by um, Department of Environmental Services. Right. I, that, that's one I, I feel like we ought to document. Um, so I guess it's up to us to Absolutely. And I did find the reference in our submission, in our May 26 submission. It's on the second page of our write-up. Uh, I don't know where that fits in the online version. Page 24. Okay. Um, 
So, however, based upon the May 22nd meeting with the neighbors on North Utah Street who spoke at the April 11th hearing, the applicants have committed to the neighbors that the drainage swale will not be utilized. Instead, any drainage from the pool, whether the minimal drainage that occurs during winterization or in the event of a major drainage event necessitated by major pool repairs, will be pumped up the hill on applicants' property towards North 33rd Road rather than draining in the backyard swale which would have created the potential for a portion of the drain water to flow into the neighbor's yard. Don't know. I, I, I lied. I've got not, a paper, since I've got a paper thing, I don't know. It's not page 24. I lied. Exactly where What's it is. The, can you give me that first sentence again? Um, however, based upon the May 22nd meeting with the neighbors on North Utah Street who spoke at the April 11th hearing, this is okay. the paragraph that begins in order to concretely reflect the revised size and location of the pool. Could you show me in yeah. the staff and, report? May I approach? Yes, please. And, and then that way we'll. I can't find it. I see. Okay. okay. All right. Thank you. Oops. So I think it was page 24, actually. So it is in, it follows this page. Yeah, it's on page, it's at the, bo the bottom of the big paragraph at the bottom of page 24. That's correct. Right, and it's, um, it's in the document titled Use Permit Request Initial Supplement Submission Package. Right. That's a lot of language too. We don't have to include all of that language, but we can certainly reference the language. I mean, I think um, language, you know, the, the dis discharge, um, you know, out the back of the house for lack of better language off the top of my head, you know, the pool cannot discharge um, the back down the hill. So it says would be pumped uphill on the applicant's property towards 33rd Street, 33rd Road, rather than draining into the backyard swale. Um, leaves open exactly where that water is being pumped to, and that would you could work that out with the county. You know whether you're going to pump into a storm sewer or into a tank or whatever, but it would make it clear that it's not going downhill. Absolutely. Is there anything further for discussion with the board? Discussion with the board? Motion. Motion. Ms. Freshman. I move Board of Zoning Appeals approve the attached proposed resolution approving use permit V-11832-23-UP1 dash 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 subject to the conditions listed and um, with a condition language to be de developed that all drainage from the pool will be pumped uphill to 33rd Road North.
second it. Wait, hold on one second. Um, let me just bring up the motion real quick. Mr. Chairman. Ms. Malice. I seek unanimous consent to modify the last condition to read any discharge from the pool would be pumped up the hill on the applicant's property towards North 33rd Street rather than draining in the backyard swale. Unanimous Actually. consent, no objection. No objection. So I, I no. would just check with the um, neighbor to see if that, get ahead nod if that's sufficient. Hold on, the applicant is on his way up? No, the, the, not the applicant, the Oh, the, that, does, the does that condition meet your concern, as it was stated by Ms. Ms. Malice? Regarding the pump? You need to come forward. Sorry. Yeah, no worries. Uh, our understanding is that your requiring the language be that the water be pumped up the hill not necessarily the pump itself is yeah. is that not that, necessarily i didn't hear what you said that the water be pumped up the hill yes, that the water is pumped up the up hill, the hill. To the not 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 about where the pump is located just right. what's happening to the water correct correct that's that's my understanding of what you all have discussed that's the proposal that we're discussing yes is, does that meet your concerns yes it's um that the water is the issue not how it's moved Right. Right. So that Correct. it would read any discharge from the pool would be pumped up the hill on applicant's property towards North 33rd Road rather than draining in the backyard swale. That sounds accurate. Correct. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I would like to propose one minor change as well. Um, the application package now includes two plats. So I think we should um, reference the date of the May 5th plat, which is the superseding plat. And so I guess my proposal would be, and the architectural drawings attached to the staff report dated June 9th, 2023, including the May 5th plat. No I seek unanimous consent for that change as well. So, yes, staff report dated June 9th. Is is that a condition or is that a? Um, in the condition one, um, applicants read that the above ground pool encroaching on the rear setback shall be constructed in accordance with the proposal footprint shown on the survey dated May 5th. Okay. I like that better. Is there a second for those that motion with the two changes? I'll second it. In a motion made by Ms. Freshman and seconded by Ms. Clark. Is there any further discussion? As amended. As amended. Thank you. I will call the roll. Ms. Malice. Aye. Ms. Freshman. Aye. Ms. Clark. Aye. Chair votes no. Motion passes three to one. Mr. Bowen, can you please call the next case? Good Mr. Kaplan, before we talk, call the next case, can we take a five-minute recess? We're experiencing some tech issues with the smart board. You might have heard some uh, feedback as well. We're going to try to resolve that. Sorry, everyone. Uh, <laughs> five-minute recess.
think they're having trouble with the presentation yeah, equipment.
is if we can't get this to work, we, I guess we can just share. We just won't be able to see the PowerPoint as well. Is that kind of the issue? Yeah, because whatever he shares on his screen is what we can see. It's not coming up as its own. Like this should be its own video. Some setup speakers. We need. screen went black. Okay, uh, is that something? I mean, it's still saying joy, it's really weird. Yeah, it's just leaving. So I've done a lot of reading on this, but I've read through
Manually, like resize the window basically every two seconds. So, yeah, I'll mind people. Are we ready? Mr. Bowen? Are we ready? Yes, we can proceed. Apologies, everyone. Apparently, we have some technical difficulties, but I think they are resolved. Mr. Bowen, can you please call? The second case on yes. the agenda, please. And thank you for your patience, everybody. The next case on the agenda is case number V-11841-22-UP-1. Uh, this is a use permit request by Peter Ryan on behalf of Daniel Turton and Bree Rom, the owners, to permit a right-side setback of 6.4 feet to the outdoor kitchen and 5.6 feet to the outdoor fireplace instead of 8 feet as required, and to permit a rear setback of 21 feet to the outdoor kitchen and 0.4 feet to the outdoor fireplace instead of 25 feet as required, regarding after-the-fact approval for an outdoor kitchen and fireplace to an existing one-family dwelling in the R5 zoning district on the premises known as 1400 North Hartford Street within the Lion Village Civic Association. Staff recommends that the board adopt the attached proposed resolution granting the use permit request with the conditions listed, and we do not have any additional speakers for this case, nor have we received supplemental materials. Are there any questions of the board for staff regarding this item? Mr. Chairman, Ms. Malice. I wish to disclose that I am acquainted with the applicant Bree Rom, but I can hear this case objectively. Thank you. Are there any questions for staff? Is the applicant with us? I assume I see the applicant. Mr. Mr. Ron. On the screen, yes. Uh, yes, this is Peter Ryan. You're muted, sir. Can you unmute? Unmute yourself. Um, thought I was unmuted. Can you hear me? Sir, you're muted. I can't hear you. Oh, it might be us. One second. How about now? Can you, speak? Can you hear me? Yes, thank you. Sorry about that. You were the uh, the computer was apparently muted. I think we well, were. Um, I just wanted to uh, thank the uh, the board here for it, hearing this I'm case. I'm sorry. Can you and, can you state your name and that you're the applicant for the record? Yes, my name is Peter Ryan, and I am an employee of uh, of the landscape company that assisted the Turtons with their projects, and I'm speaking on behalf of of uh, Daniel Turton and Brie Rong. Do we have a form for that? Mm. Thank you. Okay, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yes, sir. And I um, was tasked with taking over the project after the uh, the former uh, employee left the company. So um, this project was done in, I believe, 2021, and the employee that was responsible for setting working through this project and getting it started and, and finishing it with the Turtons has left the company and afterwards uh, I was asked to try to resolve the issues. Thank you. Do you want to address the issues? Yes, to me, um, that what it appears the core issue is 
that there is a chimney that is very close to a rear lot line and the uh, original intent for that chimney or that outdoor fireplace would was that it would be a wood burning fireplace and it is very close to a fence and also the neighbor's garage behind the fireplace i believe it is about less than four feet and in that situation that is not acceptable and it's not acceptable per the the zoning and so forth um so that neighbor in the rear notified the turtons of their concerns and that is what spurred the uh the resolution approach so as soon as we understood that was happening then um, i believe around that time that's when that employee had left the company and um the that's when the whole process began to try to correct that um so that's the that's the one issue the other concern uh, that zoning had or the board of zoning appeal staff was that there was an outdoor kitchen as well and um so that is what this application for use permit is for is to allow those to be retained uh, the most important thing here though to back up is the fireplace and the proposed resolution that we have for the outdoor fireplace is that it be converted to a ventless gas uh, log insert fireplace, which would eliminate any potential spark hazard that a normal wood burning fireplace would create. It would essentially make it totally safe. Um, they are often installed within homes in areas like basements where there is no other supplemental ventilation. And a chimney, for example, is not required for a ventless gas log insert because they burn approximately 99% of the fuel. Thank you. Are there any questions of this applicant's representative? Ms. Malice. Could you clarify, is it yet to be converted or has it been converted? It has not been converted yet. The homeowner has also um, not used it for, for any, any purpose at all. So it has been stagnant for almost two years right now. And they've been extremely patient as we've been trying to work through this. All right, my, my, I just note that there's nothing in the conditions about it. You know, it's all location. It has nothing to do with fuel or, or anything like that. So if, if we're interested in this, we might have to note that someplace i would agree with that any questions or comments for this applicant representative i have a question for staff um mr bowen is this i assume that this is the case where this applicant did not get a permit and then uh, a neighbor complained is that accurate? i believe that is how it came to the bza yes so there was no permitting for any of it it might be a situation where certain types of projects that are under a certain square footage, and this is not an enclosed structure, does not technically require a permit, but still um, is subject to zoning requirements. So there are certain like processes that have been put into place recently, but as of two years ago when this project started, um, I don't believe those processes were in place yet. I mean, I would imagine that an outdoor fireplace and kitchen would probably need a permit. Uh, certainly, I think for the yeah, gas and electrical, yeah. I'm not necessarily like a building for a structure, though, but yeah, a trade right. permit for sure. Right. I, I mean, see, it's yeah. got to be right requirements. And then I, I my question, I don't, I don't know if this is a question, is more opposed to my 
puzzlement of, you know, one, one of uh, one of our um, analysis is um, compatibility with the neighborhood. And I find that we have a lot of information here about um, setback compatibility, but nothing about what the actual object is, right? Like in the last case, we had a pool. In this case, we have um, a chimney fireplace um, contraption. And um, I guess that's that's my concern with this case is that we're putting we're approving the the placement of a um, outdoor fireplace six inches from the property line, and I'm you know 0.4 feet to be more precise. And I'm having trouble judging compatibility um, to the other items that are in the staff report. You know, a rear addition building wall, AC unit building wall. Mr. Chairman. Ms. Freshman. I have a question for Mr. Ryan. Is it is it typical when you do a project like this, your company does a project like this? And I'm thinking of this kind of a construction, or you probably you may not do fences, but that also comes to mind. Um, if you if part of your uh, contract includes building permits, or do you not pay any attention to that? And do you expect the homeowner to find out what is permitted before something is installed? The employee that or the project manager is responsible to seek out any necessary permits. Um, sometimes the homeowner will obtain the permits that are necessary for themselves, and sometimes they will em employ us to do the, the same. So, but it is not an, a habit um, of ours to build work. We've been in business for 75 years and we would not, this is not a habit of ours to do things like this. And so we are, we're doing everything we can to try to resolve this because it's not acceptable. Our, our Thank you. Oh, sorry, are permits typically required for an outdoor fireplace like this? Yes, I recently, um, managed a project where we installed an outdoor fireplace in Fairfax County and um, I obtained it, the basic permit it was actually it is typically just a building permit there's not any other review that is is typically done um, the as Blake pointed out the distances to uh, flammable structures is a zoning regulation that we are mindful of but in in my case um, in this other example uh, I obtained a building permit and I had to obtain several other permits because of the location of that fireplace. But this this would have had a building permit typically. And I believe that would be it. Miss Miss uh, Malice, sorry. Question for staff. Uh, you are recommending approval of the, the setback based on locations of garages in, in other areas would would you if this was a wood burning fireplace would you have also approved this location from a zoning standpoint strictly from a setback perspective for a structure yes um you know potentially the building code department which is inspection service divisions in arlington could have their own objections to a project but from a land use compatibility and a structural analysis um Tough to say because, you know, of course, we evaluate every project on a case-by-case -case basis, but 
um, a structure like a wood burning fireplace or a gas fireplace, whatever it might be. Um, I think we would just look at the setbacks to the structure itself. You just think of it as a structure and you're not really interested in the use of that structure. So it could have been a shed, it could be a garage, could have right. been anything that's that is yes. defined as a structure. And, um, you know, Garages are something that can be placed very close, generally speaking, to side and rear property lines on interior lots. Um, they do have very stringent fire coating requirements for that reason, um, based on their proximity. So um, that is one reason that I thought those were suitable examples as well. Okay. Um, and that right, that's my that's my only concern here is is that I'm not sure how I can judge compatibility when we're comparing compatibility to a garage. Yeah, I th I, yeah, I think Seth is looking at it as you right. know, no, right. Structure. I get that. I get that. I'm not sure if that's. I'm not sure. I agree that that's how us should be uh, looking at this, but I'm not sure. You know, I mean, this is a tough one because it, you know, obviously, wasn't the homeowner's right. error. Um, and I guess. If it was just a block of bricks that were sitting next right. to the fence, would we look at it any differently than a garage? You know, that's kind of passive. It doesn't right. do anything. Correct. Right. Right. Um, now that we've eliminated the wood burning part of it, you know, now we're kind of splitting hairs here. You know, clearly a wood burning with smoke coming out is very different than a garage. Um, if if it's something that's got flame but it has no exhaust, you know, are we are we closer? And we do. I'm trying trying to catch up on the the not all of the um, feedback forms are do addressed. Have, do we have any speakers? We have no speakers. Correct. Yeah, that's correct. We have no speakers signed up to speak on this case. So we have information that people were concerned about it. Uh, maybe, maybe can I ask the applicant, Mr. Chairman? Can I? Are you aware of sort of any contact with the rear neighbors subsequent to their um, complaint about the fireplace? Absolutely. So all surrounding neighbors have sent emails of support, and in, in subsequent to the. Um, the, uh, I should say, the plan to change it to a gas fireplace, even the neighbor who has the, who is directly behind who made the initial complaint. So they've all ex expressed full support. There was one email that uh, staff pointed out where there was concern expressed, but it was simply, um, uh, it, to me, it, it, it's somewhat of a non sequitur because they, they said that, that they uh, support, but that they were they hope that a gas fireplace is safe. And that was that was the sum of their concern. But the a gas fireplace installed by a qualified plumber, a ventless gas insert in this case, has no discernible fumes, has no danger factor. Um, they most of them have automated sensors that will shut the, the gas line off if there's any um, if the fire uh, is extinguished in some way. So this would be installed by a qualified gas plumber and um, should be completely safe. Mr. Chairman? Ms. Mouse. Just one more question. 
so is, is it natural gas that's being piped or is it another fuel? It would be natural gas from the, uh, the, the current supply at the home. Mr. Goldberg, if I could add one note um, for your maybe comparative analysis, the neighbor directly behind the homeowner also has an outdoor fireplace. So maybe that helps with the consistency of the, the neighborhood. I assume that's not uh, under six inches from the property line though. Correct, correct. Discussion with the board. If there are no further questions with the applicant. Ms. Uh, Freshman. I think this is a case akin to construction error. Um, I, I would fault the homeowners for not doing their own diligence and assuming that the company, which is a well-established and reputable company, would take care of whatever was necessary, but it just, to anyone within the sound of my voice, <laughs> um, you know, if you're going to make any kind of an investment in your property, you ought to take that burden on yourself if for no other reason, just to double check whatever it is you're paying a consultant to do. That being said, I think that converting to a, to gas is an obvious solution. And um, so I'm prepared to make a motion. Before you do that, can we address um, Ms. Malice's um, fuel concern on the uh, conditions? Oh, yeah. We add, should we add a condition on that the you know we're approving this um, as in its natural gas form? Okay. Uh, I ask seek unanimous consent. There's no motion on the table yet. Oh, there's not. I just thought we could address it before we make a motion. Okay. Uh, yes, I would add a condition that the that the the fireplace fuel be natural gas can it be plainer than that i think that is good okay the fireplace fuel shall be shall be natural gas natural gas and that is the third the, so that'll be the third condition miss mm -hmm. freshman ready Yes, so thank you. I move the Board of Zoning Appeals adopt the attached proposed resolution approving use permit V-11841-22-UP1 dash 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 subject to the conditions listed and with the additional condition that the fireplace, the outdoor fireplace will be fueled by natural gas. I'll second. A motion made by Ms. Freshman and seconded by Ms. Clark. Is there any further discussion? Hearing none, I will call the roll. Ms. Malice? Aye. Ms. Freshman? Ms. Clark? Aye. Chair votes aye. The motion to grant this use permit with additional condition passes four to zero. Mr. Bowen, can you call the fifth case? That concludes your case. <laughs> that concludes your case. Enjoy your fireplace. I hope you get to use it after all these years. Thank you. <laughs> Uh, Mr. Kaplan, I'll just note quickly that the next two cases in the regular agenda, V-11842-22-UP-1, as well as case number V-11843-23-UP-1, those corresponded to the addresses of 4304 4th Street South, as well as 3129 12th Street South, respectively, were approved in the group motion at the start of the hearing. And the following case to that is case number... 
v-11844-23-up-1. This is a use permit request by Christopher and Julia Spadoni, the owners, to permit a left side setback of 1.3 feet to the carport instead of 8 feet to the carport as required regarding a new detached carport to an existing one-family dwelling in the R6 zoning district on the premises known as 2201 South Dinwiddie Street. Staff recommends that the board adopt the attached proposed resolution granting the use permit request with conditions. And we do not have any speakers who have signed up to speak on this case, nor do we have any supplemental materials at this time. Thank you, Mr. Bowen. Are there any questions about this application for staff? Is the, uh, the applicant is in front of me. I'm here, yes. Mr. Spadoni. Chris Spadoni, owner, 2201 South Dinwiddie Street. Welcome. Would you like to uh, address your case? Thank you. Um, as evidenced by that photograph, the plans necessitate the carport being on top of the driveway, which is 16 inches or greater from my property edge, not eight feet. Um, so it's the request is zoning ordinance allowance to build a carport at the top of the driveway, again, necessitating encroaching on the property line no more than, I'm sorry, no less than 16 inches from my property line. The very closest it would be is 16 inches. Thank you. Are there any questions of the applicant from my colleagues? I just had a question on the plat, Mr. Chairman. Yes, Ms. Malice. In the plat, it shows the uh, location of the carport, and then next to it, it has a grill cover. Is that something that we need to think about? I, I can um, address that. The grill cover is there for reference material. If you go to the photograph, the grill cover is already existing. It was put there. That's the red cover right there. That was there just for reference material for location. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Question. Ms. Clark. Was there an attempt made to reach out to the um, adjacent neighbor at 2205? Yes. Uh, I have a signature of approval from the adjacent neighbor as well as the neighbor directly behind my property. Was that 2205 on the? I don't have 2205 or the behind property. I must I missed it. On the property. The staff have the, those. The one beside it. Uh, I do not believe we have 2205, which is the right side neighbor, but I can do a quick check. Uh, Mr. Spadoni, do you believe you have that submitted as well? 2205 was an email, not a physical signature. The people that are residing there rent that property, but the owners gave me an email. I did submit that with the paperwork. The adjacent property 2121, or that, that's the property just to the left, um, they've signed as well as the Culpeper Street behind me. Uh, 2205 has approved, but I, I gave you all an email from them. I will look for that now. Thank you. Thank you. Any additional comments or questions while we're looking?
the if it's helpful the email was pasted into the statement of justification of use permit pdf that i submitted it's an image of that email along with the signatures of the two adjacent properties yeah i'll take a look at the statement of justification i did not see it in my outlook history but happy to check the statement of justification thank you yeah i pasted it into that pdf when i scanned it in it did not make it into our packets. I see that. That, no. that determinative for my colleagues. Is there a search still underway or are we abandoning the search? I am continuing to search, yeah. <laughs> then I don't have to answer that question. Yeah. <laughs> Are you at, are you at a laptop right now? You must be. Can you just I am. I can share it? my screen. That's that's the document right there. I can also okay. forward the actual email that I pasted into there if that's easier as well. I'm I just need to know an address. I can't read it, but I do see it. I trust it. I trust it. I'm good. Yeah, I'm sorry to say I don't think I saw that document. <laughs> Mr. Bone, for my own personal um, knowledge here, can you briefly tell me how this rule intersects with the one foot accessory dwelling rule right if this were a garage that were one foot from the line could that be built that is correct uh from an interior lots accessory buildings of a certain height and uh footprint size um in our in the zoning district would be 560 square foot footprint size and no taller than 25 feet or one and a half stories could be as close as one foot to the property line and this is not an accessory dwelling this is an accessory structure, structure. it is not an accessory building so it does not entitle for uh, those same rules even though in some ways it could be argued that it's less enclosed and less of a structure yeah it seems kind of odd that this would not be allowed and that is right mm -hmm. so okay thank you i just like to get this stuff straight for future cases okay sorry uh, discussion or motion mr chairman i'd this, be happy to make a motion. Alice, please I move that the Board of Zoning Appeals approve the attached proposed resolution granting use permit V-11844-23-UP-1 subject to the conditions listed. A motion made by Ms. Malice, seconded by Ms. Freshman uh, for approval. Any further discussion? Hearing none, Ms. Malice. Aye. Ms. Freshman. Aye. Ms. Clark. Aye. Ms. Ar oh, sorry, she's not here. Uh, chair votes, aye. Um, <laughs> Motion passes four to zero. Good luck with your car. Port. Hard parts ahead of you, right? Or is this the harder part? The easy parts ahead of you, which is? It? Oh, I think it's going to be more difficult coming up. But thank you so much for your time. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> Mr. Bowen, can you call the next case, please? Yes, Mr. Kaplan. The next case on the agenda is case number V-11845-23-UP-1. This is a use permit request by Richard Liu on behalf of Leslie Loudon, the owner, to permit a street setback of 9 feet to the porch, 8 feet to the porch eave instead of 21 feet to the porch, 19.5 feet to the porch eave as required from 22nd Street North regarding a porch addition to an existing one-family dwelling on a corner lot in the R6 zoning district on the premises known as 1710 22nd Street North within the North Highlands Civic Association. Um, staff has not have any additional speakers who have signed up for this case, but we did receive a piece of supplemental material, which is a comment form from a neighbor um, in support of the project. Thank you. Any questions for staff? Is the applicant with us? 
Come on up. Ms. Loudon. Good evening, I'm Leslie Loudon. I'm the uh, owner of the residence at 1710 22nd Street North. Good evening, I'm Richard Liao, the architect working with um, Leslie on this addition project. Welcome. Yes, the uh, the house um, originally had a front porch on it, and um, it has always seemed to me that it looked kind of bare without one. Mm -hmm. And uh, I was able to actually do some research to verify that there was a, a record in the county of the porch having originally been there, as well as my former next door neighbor who had lived there for 70 years, who gave me actually a description of what it looked like. And uh, so this is our um, our proposal for recreating uh, a facsimile of the porch that was originally on the house. Thank you. Are there any questions of this applicant? Ms. Malice. <laughs> I just breathe. <laughs> um, just, See? <laughs> I think we were just looking at some of the neighborhood feedback and a little hard to tell, but you, you have a, a neighbor that lives right across the street from you at 1767. The, the the street numbering is odd, so I don't remember which house that is. Yeah, I well, it seems to be the one that's right across the street from you. And I, we okay. The, were you able to contact that neighbor? Uh, I. Oh wait, sixty-seven. Seventeen Uh, there you go. Yeah, I believe that's um, that's Deborah Livingston. And I do, and I have a, a you know, a signed letter from her. So 5165 was Frederick, Rick Tartagalio, and he's the one that mentioned the color of the porch, yeah. and you responded to that. I see that. But I don't see 67, which would have been, I think, the one right next to him. Okay. Oh, yeah, there were a couple of neighbors that didn't respond. I know there, there was one where I believe the family has been in, uh, either assigned overseas or for some reason they have not been around. Um, but I, I haven't seen any evidence of people coming and going. And then uh, another one of the townhouses across the street. Um, I mean, I did distribute copies of the letters to all of them um, and just not all of them responded. Okay, so this is the front porch. Okay, and and then there was one right behind you, 1711. Right, I didn't get any comments from them. All right. Okay. Right. Discussion with the board. Motion. Oh yes. Go for it. I move the Board of Zoning Appeals adopt the task proposed resolution, approving use permit V-11845-23-UP1, subject to conditions listed. I'll second. Motion made by Ms. Freshman, seconded by Ms. Clark for approval. Hearing no further discussion. I'm going to call the roll. I will call the roll. Ms. Clark. Yes. Ms. Freshman. Yes. 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 Ms.
Ms. Freshman. Aye. Ms. Clark. Aye. Chair votes aye. Motion to approve passes four to zero. Okay. Thank you so much for your time. We really appreciate it. Thank you. Good luck. Enjoy your porch. I really, uh, I, I enjoyed the, you know, historical um, rendering. I, oh, I found okay. that really interesting. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Mr. Bowen, next case, please. Yes, Mr. Kaplan, the next case on the agenda is case number V-11846-23-VA-1. This is a variance request by Highland Street LLC on behalf, of, on behalf of Scott Wetzel and Jane Eisenbauer, the owners, to permit a street setback of 16.5 feet to the wall and eave instead of 25 feet to the wall, 21 feet to the eave as required from 2nd Street South, and to permit a new addition which exceeds 50% of the total aggregate floor area contained in an existing building on a non-conforming lot in the RA. 818 zoning district regarding a new rear addition to an existing semi-dash dwelling on a corner lot in the RA 818 zoning district on the premises known as 200 South Courthouse Road within the Penrose Civic Association. Staff recommends that the board adopt the attached proposed resolution approving the variance request with conditions. Please note that there is supplemental material for this case that came in after the application packets were assembled and printed. This includes a BZA comment form in opposition to the project. Um, from a resident named Chris Kozler, who's a neighbor to the southeast of the property, about 755 feet away. Mr. Bonner, are there any speakers signed up for this? There are no speakers who have signed up for this case, no. Questions or comments for staff? Um, Mr. Chairman? Yes, Ms. Malice. All right, so I'm looking at the plat, the variance plat. And they're building directly behind it, a two-story addition, correct? And coverage on this allowed coverage is 56%, correct? Because it's RA-18. If this was anything else that house would be way over coverage so i i'm not really getting you know i'm not getting why this is a good idea uh it seems like it's a it's almost a technicality that because it's in an rr18 district it qualifies for a coverage that's far greater than we would allow on on a single family lot the coverage, I'll, as a clarification, the coverage would be capped at 56% for all two-family dwellings, regardless of the zoning district. So if it was in an R5, R6, you know, one of the more single-family zoning districts, okay. it would still be capped at 56% based on the use rather than the zone. All right. And... So that brings us to the 50% aggregate floor area. That is kind of a perennial issue on our two sevens that now is popping up on this district. And that's why we're here. So, because I, I, I was reading the comments from, from the neighbor um, that has a concern, and there's certainly not unusual, you know, concerns. Uh, about stormwater tree canopy 
um, the facade. I'm not sure I can address the facade one, but stormwater and and tree canopy is a is a common concern. Thank you. Thank you, Ms. Mellis. Any other further questions for staff? I have one, but I'm formulating it. So in the meantime, um, is the applicant with us? Thank you. Uh, Ella Bacher or Miss Ella Bacher. I am sorry. I tried. Oh. All right, I think the microphone wasn't on. Um, are happy to take any questions from the board, but uh, you know, in general, just looking to to expand our home to make it livable for us and our family as we continue to stay in Arlington. Thank you. Any questions for the applicants? Mr. Chairman, Ms. Mellis, are, do you know the neighbor? Are you aware of the neighbor comment that came into us? No, admittedly, we were not. Uh, I'd like to share it with you so that you are aware of it. Are you maybe you want to take a moment to read it. Yeah, I, so I mean, we can certainly, um, you know, take a look at the the concerns. I think we agree that it does uh, flood at the corner of South Courthouse and Second Street, and I think this is actually potentially an opportunity to address the the drainage issue that preceded our house being there. It's been an issue since we've lived in the neighborhood as well, so I don't think it's solely um, a responsibility of our unit, um, but. I do acknowledge there is flooding and we are certainly committed to looking at proper drainage as part of the um, as part of the project. Uh, the commenter also notes the trees on the property. Um, we agree the trees on the property are very important and that's something that we are very committed to. Uh, they are right at the edge of the property, the rear property line. If I know correctly, the ones that he's referring to, we have trees that like literally abut the fence at the back of our property. Um, we are not planning to build all the way to the property line, nor is that 
would that be permitted by by you all or the the zoning ordinances? Um, we are planning to stay within the allowed rear setback of the property um, and are very committed to to keeping uh, tree cover. I would just add to we're not going to cut down those trees. We're not we're not planning on touching them. Uh, yeah. the, and the, regarding the tree canopy. Uh, we get it. Um, we actually worked with the tree canopy fund in Arlington to get a tree. It did not work out the last minute. Um, we we thought we were approved for the placement in our side yard, but it, it didn't happen. But we we are planning to plant more trees on our on our property. Yeah, and in terms of facade, um, I guess I'm not entirely sure what what the commenter wants in terms of matching the facade. I think it's it is likely challenging to build. A brick facade on this side, this size addition, and I think, in fact, it actually would not match and might look worse than potentially considering another option, um, since any new brick would not match brick from the 30s. Um, you know, I think this one is one. Again, like we we certainly understand it's going to look different. I think it's not inconsistent with the neighborhood, um, where there are additions that have been built onto the duplexes in the Penrose neighborhood, um, as well as you know. A variety of other homes in Penrose. It's actually, I think, a great example of missing middle in Arlington because we have a wide variety of housing stock within the neighborhood. Thank you, Mr. Bowen. Well, uh, yes, colleague, to be um, pondering um, for under hardship. You open that paragraph saying the granting of this variance will alleviate a hardship relating to both the physical condition. Dot. 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 What is the hardship relating to the physical condition of this property? Sorry, can you repeat that last sentence? What What is the hardship that you're referencing uh, in relation to the physical condition of the property? Uh, I think there's several um, factors that make this property difficult um, to be developed by right. Um, partially, the lot is undersized in terms of its area. Um, I would say a big hardship here for this applicant is that with a lot width of approximately 35 feet, addition and the house itself could only really be 10 feet wide without some sort of relief being required from the BZA. Um, 10 feet wide does not seem like a very livable with house in general, I would say. So it's very likely that the applicants would need some sort of setback relief um, regardless for anything they built. Um, and being in the RA18 RA zoning district, a variance is the only um, opportunity to get a setback modification as well as the um, square footage exception they're seeking. Um, based on the existing foray of the house, which preceded their acquisition and also uh, preceded the um, addition of that regulation to the zoning ordinance in 1950, since the house was built prior to that. Day. Right. No, I get that one. What? Um, the, uh, I'm sure that it is in here, and I probably just missed it. Um, what is the average width? If this one is 35 feet, what is the average? Average width of the, this lot? And, um, I don't believe we did analysis that of the other lots in the question. area. But right. So if you're, if you're citing that to me as a hardship, what? You know, why is that a hardship? Um, in part, just based on the fact that any house wider than 10 feet wide would require a setback reduction on a corner lot. Right. No, but but if is every lot or or, or you, you this is more of a rhetorical question. But if every lot is 35 feet wide in that area, then it's not so much a hardship as a, it is every lot is a hardship. On a corner lot, especially though, the street setbacks are, are, are difficult. Yeah. Yeah. But that's that's what I wanted to hear. Thank you. Gotcha. Anything from my colleagues? Mr. Chairman. Ms. Malice. So 
We're doing a variance for two reasons. One is placement, and the other is the 50%. Correct. Because there's no use permit option here. Correct. You know, I'm... You know, I'm not going to support the application. I don't know how my colleagues feel about it, but this is this is nothing to do with your specific. But you know, the 50% um, requirement is a requirement that is ubiquitous for a lot of lots, and so if the it's a, something that the county board could change. Uh, and one of our requirements, in my view, is that it be something that the county board would find it difficult to do to change this. So we look at the zoning, I look at the zoning ordinance as what the county board desired, and we have to have a good reason to do differently. You know, we have to understand, um, and, and the criteria that the state of Virginia gives us is that this is a one-off, that this is so, this is very unusual. And in my view, it's really not unusual. So that, and that's strictly on the 50% part of it. Uh, I think my colleagues may view it differently than I do, but that's where I'm at. Any other? Comments or discussion for the board? I'm formulating in my head, so if anyone else wants to jump in for a second. I I can keep talking. <laughs> no, Mr. Bowen, I'm going to put you on the spot and you probably won't be able to answer my question. Um, the existing main building footprint is 541. Um, I guess the somewhere in here is the aggregate footprint. I guess my question is, is, is this house's aggregate footprint similarly situated to others in this area? We didn't do that analysis. Yeah, I'm putting um, the spot. Right. Yes, so I can't and, answer and that. Does the being a corner lot affect that at all? That's where I was trying to go here. Corner lots, I would say, would affect the design possibilities, which yeah. could affect the size and height. Yeah, I get that. Um, we did feel that you know, with the district height, or sorry, the district lot coverage cap being 56% for a two-family dwelling that this was well under that um, percentage and therefore the size um, may be compatible because theoretically anyone in this area could go up to that by right. And many people, you know, have um, perhaps have intentions of doing that. We don't know yet, but yeah, it's not unusual to see uh, um, proposals for expansions of semi detached dwellings. So as, as I think my colleagues um, all know that, you know, this has been an issue that comes before this board pretty regularly at least once a month if not more than once a month for at least the last couple of months if not the better part of this year and i you know in our criteria i think i meet everything i'm having trouble as miss malice was was getting at with the third condition the condition or situation of this property is not so general or reoccurring as to make uh, reasonably practical to formulate a regulation which can be adopted as an amendment to the ordinance 
right? And so the problem is, is that I have um, getting to yes on this case is, um, you know, we're seeing if, if we want to make a variance for all of these non-conforming houses to go above the 50% cap, then this board is making a zoning change. And that's not this, my position is that this, that's not this board's role for zoning, right? We, we're supposed to give one off as Ms. Malice um, stated, we're supposed to give one off relief, not blanket approval to these cases, which I fully, you know, personally, I fully support, but in my role here, I have trouble getting past that criteria. Um, I, my sense among the board is, is that we are probably going to deadlock tonight two two if we were to vote on this. Therefore, um, as I would, I would I'm going to exercise my prerogative as chair and make a motion for a deferral to next month's meeting, where we will have a full slate and we won't deadlock. If uh, if my colleagues are are um, you know tending towards a denial, then that might not be the case. But uh, I have a feeling that. Knowing past history, we're going to support. I would also support it. Mr. Bowen, what's the date of the next meeting? I believe the next hearing is July 12th. Let me just July check 12th. that quickly. Right. So my yes. um, my motion, um, and I hope that meets with the, the applicants, at least maybe not approval, but better than any alternative to put this off till the next meeting when we have a full slate of uh, PZA members. Yep, that's fine. Great. Live to fight another day. Um, so I would make a motion to defer this to the July 12th uh, BZA hearing date. I On a motion made by the chair and seconded by Ms. Freshman. And is there any further discussion? I will call the roll. Ms. Malice. Aye. Ms. Freshman. Ms. Clark. Aye. Chair votes aye. Motion to defer passes four to zero. Sorry. Thank you. Mr. Bowen. Case number eight. Yes, Mr. Kaplan. Uh, the next case on the agenda is case number V-11847-23-VA-1. dash 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 This is a variance request by Roshanae Green, the owner, to permit a structural alteration to an existing non-conforming multiple family residential building regarding an interior renovation in the RA-1426 zoning district on the premises known as 2973 South Columbus Street within Fairlington. Staff recommends that the board adopt the attached proposed resolution approving the variance request with conditions. Please note that we do have supplemental material for this came, case that came in after the application packets were assembled and printed, um, and this is a BZA comment form in support of the project from a neighbor. Thank you, Mr. Bowen. Any questions for staff? The applicant with us. Step on up, please. Ms. Green. Do I just start talking? I'm sorry? I said, do I just start talking? Please. Um, I am Roshne Green. I'm the owner of 2973 South Columbus Street. I bought the property with the plan to open up and renovate the kitchen um, and then discovered that it was a non-conforming building and I had to appear here before the Board of Zoning Appeals. Um, you know, it's a totally interior renovation. It doesn't even affect any of the shared walls, doesn't affect any of the spaces. I have approval you know, from my neighbors and also the, I don't know if you received this, but the uh, Fairlington Village Board of Directors also sent a, a letter approving this on June 7th. Thank you. Are there any questions of this applicant? 
Discussion with the board. Ms. I have a question for, for staff. I just I just want to recap because I'm you know this is a difficult decision and we've been through it before. This property was built. Fairlington was built in 1942. We uh, so 1940, I believe, is the 1940. date. 1940. Yes. Okay. Zoning amendment, zoning ordinance, 1950. Between 1950 and a few months ago, were all of these changes approved by right? There were certainly, I believe, fewer variances submitted to the BZA. As you might remember, they were less frequent in the past, um, but there, there was not zero. Um, we did have some plats showing, um, you know, existing nonconformity. So occasionally there would be a Fairlington project in the past. Um, but yeah, there's definitely been far more since we received access to new plats in recent months. So it's basically a decision by the county to require applicants now to come to BZA. I wouldn't necessarily say a decision by the county. It's just we now have access to information that makes us able to better assess existing regulations that were on the books. Yeah. For a long time. So would would this interior renovation have required yes. done by right? Would that have been done oh, sorry. by right? Sorry. I'm familiar with several of them uh, that I've been in and I and that are ongoing now and the contractors pull a, pull a permit and they do it. Yeah, I, I, there's just something very wrong here that something that was done by right now suddenly requires this process that the applicants go through. And the worst part for me is that the, the statute that we have before us says we can't approve them because it, it doesn't meet the criteria. It, you know, I don't think that the BZA created this problem. Uh, you know, we're just stuck with it. We're just stuck with it. And I, I'm, um, I just have a question of why, if we have um, another non-conforming dwelling, maybe it's was built too close to the street or too large a footprint or whatever. I mean, you can say, my understanding is that you can still redo the kitchen. Yeah. It's not, not structural. This is structural. What? Right. I, I, I believe it's that the, the, the material yeah, by staff says there's that, a load bearing wall that I would like to remove. But right, you know, so, even in a single family home, a, right. you know, taking out a That's load right. bearing wall doesn't, right. isn't a zoning issue. That's right. It's yeah. The, the, the regulations that's triggering this is that, and it's not a particularly common feature, which is, you know, one of the arguments that zoning division staff puts forward is that it applies to multiple family residential projects with multiple buildings, which is really probably most commonly seen as like garden style apartments. They're not super common around Arlington. Um, I don't know if you guys noticed the note in these month staff reports that we are working with um, the planning division to get data on the prevalence of multiple family um, buildings with multiple, uh, sorry, multiple family residential buildings with multiple buildings that were developed by right because the projects that were developed under use permit or projects that were developed under site plan can seek exceptions other ways. Um, when it's done by right, a variance is the way to rectify any non-conforming features. 
So we, we don't believe it's super common. We don't have that data yet. I'm hoping we'll have it by next month. I actually have a meeting scheduled for to discuss this um, with our colleagues in the planning division. So hopefully we'll have some better data for you next month on the prevalence of the land type What's and the, the use type. What's the scope of the discussion? Just interior renovations or is the whole issue? We were looking to work with uh, people in the planning division staff who are familiar with data about the number of multiple family dwelling units in Arlington and whether those are by right, whether they're under use permit or whether they're under site plan, as well as putting buffers around certain features such as the um, yards between buildings and the connections to the street. So, but this is just data analysis. There's no solution being proposed at this time. Well, the, the hope is that we can say that, you know, perhaps, you know, I don't know what the number will be, but we might say that only like 10%, 5% of the multiple family units in the county are subject to this. In, and in order to give us common. in order to give us data so that we can draw the conclusion that this is not so common and reoccurring. It's all of Fairlington. And it looks like now Arlington Village. Yes. Um, <laughs> That's great. Yeah, it could That's be. Well, I mean, we don't know the results yet, come the other way. Right. Right. of the county's land area, you know, and then we don't know what the data will say. But um, the hope is that we can put forth arguments that might be compelling to you, understanding that you are seeing more of these um, requests month to month. And the arguments that the requests are not particularly common is not really holding value with uh, the BZA anymore. So just my two cents. What I want to see is not that we're justified in approving these, I want to see zoning language change so these applicants know where they're going, right? That they don't have to come to us. And save the time, expense, and hassle of having to do this. Right. It's not helping us justify it is secondary. The applicants don't care. The applicants want to know, what, you know, that do they have to pay the money and take the time and and do the whole process. And yeah, I'd I like to see that eliminated. Other discussions are underway. Um, uh, Guy Land, who is the president of the Fairlington Citizens Association, has reached out. We would like to meet with county staff. Um, I don't know if, what the end goal will be there. That's another forthcoming meeting. Um, I know the BZA has submitted a letter to the county board um, requesting you know, that they potentially look at this issue. Right. So other solutions are underway. But in the interim, um, hopefully the data will give you perhaps a way to approve variances right. until the But that's permanent. my frustration is that a zoning ordinance amendment can be done in three months. That, you know, Unfortunately, we don't control it in zoning. <laughs> no, you don't, yeah. but the county does. A zoning amendment, you know, from the time it's written, the text amendment is written, it goes to the planning commission, it gets advertised, and then it gets acted on. So that's not a, that's not a year's, multi-year process if, if the county has a will. And, and I'm not saying you. If the county has a will to analyze the mm -hmm. situation and correct it. Um, that's what I'm would like to see. And perhaps county staff would like to join the BZA's letter um, <laughs> highlighting these issues for the county board. We will certainly pass it along to them as it's written. <laughs> I think it's important to recognize that we're trying to cure a defect that is through no fault of the people who live there, even the people who built the place originally, because the zoning and ordinance came in after. And I think you know, it's a, it's illustrative that the last three or four agendas have had at least one Fairlington. Tonight we have two Fairlingtons out of ten. And That's a third of a different area. That is nuts. Right. That is just ridiculous. It's a waste of our time. It's a waste of staff's time. And certainly it's a, an extra burden for the residents. I mean, as, as, as everyone it needs here, to be fixed. As everyone here knows, I think it's a, a waste of our time, and I think that they should should not be approved by this board, but should not even be here. 
right? That's and right. I think it's an abuse of our power to approve these. <clears throat> it but is. it is what it is. That being so I, said, I this is not a, this is not the <laughs> I'm going to put, you know, the others on a spot here, but I am going to be a dissenting voice on this because I, you know, I don't think it's within our powers to it's not within the statute to approve this. Any other questions or comments before I give my comments? I'm ready to go. It's up to you, Mr. Chairman. I know. This, so let me this is a, another split. So I am um, okay. So I'm sure you you heard my discussion from the last case. However, um, in in these cases, um, because of the um, county's learned paragraph about seeking additional guidance, I am going to rest my hat on that and say that you know until next month when we're making the determination or or I'm sorry I phrased that wrong until next month when the county gives us more data to better inform our determination on the third prong of this test, I would be willing to support this, even though I did not support um, a very similar one, I believe, last month. Um, but because we are being told that there is data incoming that may or may not support this application, I'm going to let this this applicant have the benefit of that doubt. And I think that that is, um, for, for at least me, that gets me past my concern on the general or reoccurring. Motion. Motion, Ms. Freshman. I move Board of Zoning Appeals adopt the attached proposed resolution, approving variance V-11847-23-VA1, subject to the conditions listed. I'll second. A motion made by Ms. Freshman and seconded by Ms. Clark for approval as advertised. Is there any further discussion? Hearing none, I will call the roll. Ms. Malice. No. Ms. Freshman. Aye. Ms. Clark. Aye. Chair votes aye. The motion to approve as advertised on this application passes th uh, three to one. Thank Congratulations you Congratulations and good luck. Mr. Bowen, next case, please. Yes, Mr. Kaplan, I was looking to see if the next one was in Farlington. It's the other area. <laughs> it is not. In a, a, yes. a, the next case on the agenda is case number V-11848-23-VA-1. This is a variance request by Hamid Kamvar on behalf of Rachel Kamvar, the owner, to remit a structural alteration to an existing non-conforming multiple family residential building regarding after-the-fact approval of a deck replacement in the RA-1426 zoning district on the premises known as 1303 South Barton Street within the Columbia Heights Civic Association. Staff recommends that the board adopt the attached proposed resolution granting the variance request with conditions. I will also note that we do not have speakers who have signed up for this case, nor do we have supplemental materials. Thank you, Mr. Bowen. Hmm. Um, questions for staff? Before Mr. I, Mr. Chairman. Ms. Malice, please. So uh, is, is getting something like this from Arlington Village new? And what's the circumstances? Why is this coming to us? Did we just get a plat? In this case, um, I'm not familiar with other, during my tenure as BZA coordinator, I'm not familiar with other um, projects being sought in um, Fairlington, or sorry, in um, Arlington Village. Um, this one came to us based similar um, circumstances as Fairlington. So, you know, it's a multiple family residential district with multiple family residential dwellings in multiple garden style buildings. So this is the first one I've seen here. It might not be the last, but as of uh, my tenure as BZA coordinator, I have not seen another in Arlington Village. So who, someone in plan review flagged this as a zoning issue, right? 
I mean, that's how it gets to be. As an after the fact, yeah, it must have been shown um, as a, I don't actually know if it came to us as a complaint or if it came to us flagged on a platform zoning plan review. So I'm not equipped to answer that question. But to your knowledge, has this sort of thing been passed by right in the past? I don't know. That's a, I mean, it may not be critical to how I vote on this, but again, it's, it seems like there's been a change in, because I, I don't, I'm pretty sure in 10 years, I mean, I don't know, and I, you haven't, you know, it wasn't part of your routine to research that question, but it seems like something's changed here because we're getting, it's very similar to what happened in Farlington. And mm-hmm. so is it, again, a decision within the county that, oops, we, we should have been treating these differently than we have in the past, or is it just that it rarely happens? I, I, is, that, is that something that, you know, it, again, you can't do anything about it now. Is that something that you can look into just so that we know we're, if, if we're headed down a similar path? For Arlington here? Village specifically? I can certainly reach out and see if we have other projects that are being reviewed in Arlington Village that are being flagged. Thank you, mm-hmm. uh, Mr. Runyon. I think you said you you didn't know, but I'll be make the question clear. Is it is this another one of these um, um, not permitted fixes? And now we're doing it. Uh, it went back because someone complained, or or cone compliance became aware of this issue. Um, perhaps the applicant can give some background there. I believe um, this was a situation where they had received approval for the project from their condo board right. and figured that that was all they needed and didn't realize right. the variance was necessary. Right, because other, otherwise, you, I was assuming if, if this had gone through the normal process, you would have caught this on the front end. So I'm kind of mm-hmm. inferring that this was not permitted at the beginning. Because otherwise, it wouldn't be an after-the-fact approval. Yes. And, or or it would be a county mistake, possible. which we've, we've seen before. Right. Yeah. Certainly possible. Okay, um, applicant. Thank you. Thank you for waiting till the end here. Although, <laughs> there, we, no, we have we have one more case. You are not the last case. <laughs> I actually could answer some of the questions you had, ma'am. Uh, thank you for being here. Um, we went to the our condo association right before we do anything, and we request them because these homes were built, as you know, late in forties and all that. And I don't know, uh, the deck, actually, it was unsafe. As my daughter bought this house last year, and we paint the house and everything, but the deck, we requested to be the wood board, everything was rotten. There were rats and mouse had homes underneath the deck. The older folks who lived there didn't take care of anything. And unfortunately, they, they passed away with the COVID and everything. Mm. So we asked the management that we're going to need to replace it. They gave us a chart. They say exact color that we could use, what kind of wood we have to use and all that. No problem. They say they do everything. When we were putting the deck, we got rid of the wood. The the two columns that hold the staircase that is, is only 20 inches from the ground. So it's really nothing. But they just came off the thing. It was just rotten. The rats must have chewed on it. So we know they says, fine, no problem, do that. Then somehow... We took the old wood out and uh, we had to move the, put new column to put the railing. We put that, then they came out, they say, uh, we need to get a permit. And I said, well, how can we get it? We need to get a permit for something that's already existing. The deck was there and you have the pictures. It was there. They said, well, you need to get a permit. The case that 
I, no, I don't want to criticize anybody, but it seems like because we had a lot of rat issue and my daughter was on the management case to take care of this thing, it was a case of somebody was trying to get even with us or something, they got upset or something, then they came out and uh, my daughter, she actually, she's very vocal because she worked with some of the parties in Washington and all that part of the politics. So she walks her dog and she has picture of so many other decks after us being rebuilt, some new decks. Some of the people actually have things that they shouldn't be there. I don't know how they managed to plant it, but somehow we were picked by the management for whatever reason. So after that, that's how, that's where we are today. I came to the county, request a permit, and it went on and on, and we are here because they they couldn't understand why we are here to begin with. And these um, the county, I've, I learned so much in last year, they have changed the zoning from residential to commercial about four or five years ago. So they consider this a commercial deck now, and they, they telling me, well, this is not a commercial deck. How can I do it? Because it's a residential. A commercial deck has a whole, I used to run a restaurant. It has a whole different requirement because there's multiple people, they're gonna be on it. This deck is for her dog and herself. The size of the deck is maybe the size of one of these table. You barely can even put a love seat in there. So that's why they say to go. So we went through the process. We are here today to see really what, I mean, the deck is already done. Everything is there and everything. And it's, I had a couple of notes to, to make it on this on behalf of my daughter is, we actually went to the neighborhood, the neighbors on either side, one of the gentlemen on one side, he actually said, oh my God, so you're gonna get rid of those rats? I said, we're gonna try our best. And he full support on him and he's on the board of director of the Conda Association. <clears throat> Sorry. The ladies, are the two ladies that they live on the other side, these are like a horseshoe and are in the backyard, beautiful courtyard with trees and all that. When we told them what we are doing, oh, I requested, uh, do you have any problem? They gave us full support. They actually volunteered. They wanted to come here today on our support to speak. I said, no, wait, I don't know what the circumstance. I don't want too many people to come in and all that. So we have full support from everybody because everyone is, oh, they lo it looks beautiful. And then they start asking us, who, sorry, who was your contractor, which we didn't have a contract. I might did it myself with someone I know and we went through the whole thing. So the deck is much safer than it was before. There is no more rodent. The whole area, we actually enhanced the area, looks much more beautiful and everything, so. Thank you. <laughs> um, Mr. Bowen, I, I'm gonna vote however I'm gonna vote on this, but I sure would like to understand another thing that he said that something in the zoning changed in the last five years from residential to commercial, is, is that, um, and so far as I know, the zoning district has been RA 1426 um, for quite a while, decades. Um, I'm not sure if there was perhaps a code to, or a change to like maybe the building code, like and how the deck was treated. But as zoning wise, I don't believe yeah. there's been any changes affecting the. I mean, Columbia Pike didn't really change the Arlington zoning, Arlington Village zoning per se. Mm. But anyway, uh, we can figure out what's going on with Arlington Village. You you can research that. And I, I'm not going to 
hold things up to try and understand that now. I did have one, if the board um, is interested, um, and asking how this project might be different than others. Um, this is treated as a structural alteration because the deck was entirely rebuilt. Um, for certain deck projects, if you're just replacing like the floorboards or the railings, that would not be considered right. structural. So certain work can be permitted by right. And right. um, when you take it down to you know ground level, at that point you're rebuilding a non-conforming feature. Since we're since we're in this la la land, I I don't feel like I have to be consistent about anything, <laughs> and, and so I'm going to support this application. Um, Mr. Bone, I just have a quick um, crazy question for you, right? If if this board wanted to make a point and just not approve any of these, right? Because we wanted to make a point to the county board, and I'm not saying that that's going to happen because I, I don't think it will, <laughs> right? Um, but you know, what, what if this were the only egress into the house and it collapsed tomorrow and now they're coming for a permit and this board says, we need the county board to fix this, right? What would let the applicant be left to do? They can't, they can't enter their house anymore. Right. I mean, like this is, this is not a sustainable problem, you know, for, for, for every one of these to have to come before the board, you know, wh whether it's, you know, the next case is a window. Well, not, not as, you know, I don't say not as important, but not as, um, structure, structurally important to entering the house every day, right? And so, like, I guess, I mean, my, my, I don't know if you could, you're not going to answer this question, but like, what would an applicant, you know, be left to do um, if this thing collapsed and this board was making a point? We're not approving any of these because the county board needs to act. What would the next step be for this applicant? Of course, they would have the option to appeal the decision to the circuit court. Um, otherwise, um, the BZA is the relief to seek the variance. Um, and so I, I think they would really have to wait until such an amendment was made. Um, administratively, I don't think we have would have any right. other authority to grant exceptions. Yeah, I mean, I just, I'm just trying to highlight the absurdity of this situation, right? And Mr. Kavlan, I have to just add something to what you just asked. When I originally applied for the application, and I said, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. So a gentleman came, started helping with the application, and there were a couple of questions he couldn't answer. So he asked for a supervisor. His supervisor came in and tried to do it. Then it was a section he couldn't answer. So the third person had to come in to do And finally they said, okay, just let it go, then we deal with it. So the whole system is actually sometimes is not clear enough for applicant rather than the staff I mean, I think, Right, I think it's absurd that applicants on these, you know, the, the last two cases in this case and, and uh, you know, the. I'll leave out the R27s, but these 1426s, like absurd that these applicants have to come before us and spend this time and money to, to be here. So that being said, um, I'll make a motion. please, sorry. <laughs> I wanted to rant. I move that the Board of Zoning Appeals adopt the attached proposed resolution approving the variance V-11848-23-VA-1 subject to the conditions listed. Second. Thank you. Motion made by Ms. Clark, seconded by Ms. Malice. Uh, I will call the roll. Ms. Malice. Aye. Uh, Ms. Freshman. Aye. Ms. Clark. Aye. The chair votes aye. Motion to uh, approve as advertised passes four to zero. Thank you. Thank you. I'm sorry you had to come, but I learned it's so a great much. looking deck. Oh, believe me. I, I think you might be building decks for everyone in your uh, in your facility. I, I hate to build a mega mansion. Then <laughs> thank you. Mr. Bowen, can you call the last window well case here, please? Yes, the last case on the agenda for tonight is case number V-11849-23-VA-1. This is a variance request Thank by you. Joseph Spytech and Linda Kozmar Spytech, the owners, to permit an addition to an existing nonconforming multiple-family residential building regarding the expansion of an existing window well and an egress window in the RA-1426 zoning district on the premises known as 3421 South Utah Street within the Fairlington Civic Association. Staff recommend 
recommends that the board adopt the attached proposed resolution granting the variance request with conditions. We do not have any supplemental materials submitted for this case, nor do we have any speakers who have signed up. Are there any questions for staff? Because we need four of these in one night. Is the applicant with us? Virtually. Yes, we are here. Uh, excellent. Uh, Miss Spitek? It's Those Joseph Spitek and Linda Cosma Spitek. Thank uh, you. Go ahead. Um, yes, we have submitted for variance to install an egress window in the front of our uh, unit here in Fairlington, um, primarily because our son uh, graduated from college and is working from home. And uh, he spends eight hours a day in the in the basement. Um, and so in case there is a fire at the top of the stairs where I do all of the cooking, he would be trapped down there. So an egress window would be a logical way for him to exit out of the basement. So we, 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 we've lived here for 30 years and uh, haven't had a need for this until now since he's spending so much time in the basement. Thank you. Any questions for the applicants? My position um, is the same as the one, not the one before this, but the, the last um, one where um, I am going to rest my hat on the staff conducting additional research. And so I would support moving this forward, but again, with the, the caveat that like that my position will not be doing that indefinitely. Can I add I something? I support civil disobedience. <laughs> I'll get to the point where maybe we just don't show up. I have a motion. May I add something? Please. Okay. Um, yes, I'm I'm on the board here in in Fairlington Meadows, and um, I've written an article that is gonna go into our our newsletter informing the, the population here in the meadows of the of the situation and asking people to contact the board. And I went to a meeting over in Fairlington Villages last night where they were talking about egress windows. And one of the board members of the Fairlington Citizen Association, FCA, said that they are working to get the language, get to get the proper language and the process to give it to the board to say, we need relief from this, uh, from having to do all these BZA actions. Excellence. Good. And and this board has also taken a position with the county board too, and we've sent a letter, and you know we'll we'll work it from our end as well. Thank you, Miss Malice. Yeah. Um. I need to be a dissenting voice because the there's needs to be someone in the BZA that just says that you know the position that the BZA is in is wrong. You know, I'm gathering that your application will be approved tonight, but it. There needs to be a whole lot of clarification on um, how these are these kinds of changes are, are supposed to proceed in the future. Um, personally, I think it's outrageous that this was so abrupt. You know, kind of overnight things that were by right are now required to come to BZA, um, and it, it just doesn't seem that that's the Arlington way. Thank you, Ms. Malice. Motion. Motion, Ms. Freshman. I move Board of Zoning Appeals adopt the attached proposed resolution approving variance V-11849 
23-VA1, subject to the conditions listed. I'll second. A motion made by Ms. Freshman, seconded by Ms. Clark for approval as advertised. Is there any further discussion? Hearing none, I will call the roll. Ms. Malice? No. Ms. Freshman? Aye. Ms. Clark? Aye. Chair votes aye. Motion as advertised passes three to one. Good luck. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. you for waiting to the end. Sure. I move approval of the meeting of the BCA minutes Second. of May 10, 2023. Second. Second. Motion made by Ms. Uh, freshman, seconded by Ms. Malice. During further discussion, hearing none, I will call the roll. Ms. Malice. Aye. Ms. Freshman. Aye. Ms. Clark. Aye. Chair votes aye. Uh, minutes pass four to 